Sermon title this night, Found in the Manger. Please pray with me. We come to you, Lord Jesus, on this most holy of nights. We come to you because there is nowhere else to go. There is no one else and nothing else to run to. And Lord, we run to you with all of our hopes, with all of our fears, with all that we are. And we ask that you would give to us faith in who you are, faith in your work for us on the cross and in the empty tomb, faith that you, Jesus, are Lord of heaven and earth. Let that faith be the thing that we cling to, the thing that we stand upon each and every day. So now send your Holy Spirit, Jesus, into this place, into our hearts, that as we hear your word, we would believe it, and that by believing it, we would become doers of it. We pray, Jesus, in your perfect and holy name. Amen. So here we are again on Christmas Eve. I have one simple question for you tonight. One question. What are you most afraid of? Or said in another way, what are your fears? Now, I'm not asking you, what is that thing that if it jumps out from behind the corner, you'll go, ah, no. What is that thing that absolutely terrifies you? That thing that keeps you up at night, that you literally lose sleep over because you are so afraid that it could happen to you or to those people that you love. What are those kind of fears that you have? What are those things that occupy your soul, that live in your mind? Tonight, we come to see how Jesus Christ is the answer to every single one of those hopes and fears that we have. So maybe, for you, maybe one of your fears is like one of these people. A man looks down at his paycheck, and it's the same as the one before, it's the same as the one before that, and the one before that as well. And he knows that one whole paycheck is going to go to put a roof over his family's head, He knows that the next one, half of it, needs to be used for groceries, and then that will leave just another half for all the rest of the stuff, for gas, electricity, for internet, for Christmas gifts. He's beginning to become afraid. He never thought he would have to be one of those people that would worry about money. But as his income stays the same and the bills continue to climb, he's beginning to to fear. He knows that his family is just one car accident, one medical emergency to push them over the edge. And so today, he is full of fear. A grandmother sits with her children and her grandchildren. And as she watches them play, she finds herself longing and yearning for what felt like simpler and safer days. She watches them play. She longs for the day when everyone wasn't as distracted by their devices. She longs for the day when she felt like they could play freely without having to be afraid of some evil out there. 
And she knows that she can't protect them, that she can't shelter them, that she can't give them what she might want. And so she, too, is full of fear. A young person sits with much of their life ahead of them, but they feel the pressure. They feel the pressure of their family, the expectations to live up to that bar that they've set for them. They feel the pressure of the world around them, too, to make sure you do the right thing and to not say the wrong thing and to even like the right thing. And they want to make sure they make the absolutely perfect, most best decisions as they move forward in life. And today, they're full of fear. A couple looks at their parents aging, and they begin to ask those difficult questions. What is life going to be like when mom, when dad are no longer here. And it's not necessarily that death is what they are afraid of. No, what they are most afraid of is their world without them in it. And so as they know these difficult questions and choices will come to them, they sit full of fear. Full of fear. Full of fear. It's a good description for our world as it is today, but not just for things and for people out there, for us too in here as well. And you know just as well as I do what happens when fear does grab you, when it grips you. You know the power that it has over you to change the way you see everything, to change the way you engage with the world. It completely changes your life. But you too know that as soon as you feel that fear, you too know that you run to anything and to anyone that will promise to you to relieve you of that fear, to give you an answer, to give you a solution, even if you know, even if you probably know, that that is not going to really solve your problems. And so tonight we come with all of those things, with all of those fears, with all of those hopes, and we come to the manger to see the answer, the true answer, the true solution to them. The reading that Pastor Ben just read from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, the church at this time that Paul is writing is beginning to become afraid. They're beginning to fear. Because Paul has already visited them once at this point, and he's promised to them, hey, I'm going to come back to you someday. The problem, though, is that he hadn't come back yet. And so they're beginning to wonder. They're beginning to doubt. They're beginning to question, could this guy, Paul, be trusted anymore? Could his word be trusted? But their real fear isn't necessarily about Paul. It's about Jesus. Because suddenly... This man who spoke about Jesus, if he couldn't be trusted, then how could they trust what he said about Jesus? Suddenly the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ are at stake. They're beginning to wonder, just as you and I do when we too are afraid, did God really promise to forgive me? Did God really promise in Jesus that he was going to make everything right and better 
again. How do we know if God's word is still true? We're beginning to wonder if they could trust, trust God's promises and trust what he had said he'd done in Jesus. Here's the thing. When we've come with these fears, when we come with these worries, we come and we search and we search. But so often, so often, we miss what is right in front of us. Because if I were to ask you, what is the real reason for Christmas? What would you say? Jesus. All right, so there's like three people that know the right answer in the room. Well done, well done. Let's try again. What is the real reason for Christmas? Jesus. You know the right answer. You're in a church. Good job. But here's the thing. Why? Why does it matter? Why is Jesus the reason for the season? Why is it so important that we remember that he was born on Christmas? See, what Paul says in this reading from 2 Corinthians answers that question for you and me. He says that every single one of the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. Every single one of them. And so when God promises a creation that one day he is going to send someone to do away with the problem of evil and to kill, to do away with Satan, the answer to that promise is, say it with me, Jesus, when God promises that all the world, all nations, all people are going to be blessed through a descendant of Abraham, God's solution, God's answer to that promise is? When God promises that one day he's going to send someone who will be so bright, who will shine such a bright light that darkness will never, ever be able to overcome it, ever be able to master it, the answer to that promise is? When God promises his people that there will be a day when sin, when death, when crying, when mourning are no more, the answer to that promise is Jesus. 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 We could spend all night here tonight looking at the promises of God that find their yes in Jesus Christ, the newborn king. That is why we are here. That is why you are here, to give him the worship and him the praise. And it's why the hymn writer to the hymn we just sang penned these words. said, when all the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Because every single one of God's promises finds their yes in Jesus that changes every single one of your hopes and your fears because those two find their answer in that babe in the manger. And so return with me to those people at the start. That man who fears the future, he finds hope knowing that Jesus knows what it is like to be in need, but more than that, knowing that God has promised to him he will provide. That person who wonders for their grandchildren finds hope knowing that they sit in the hands of the almighty and all-powerful God and that it's not what they could do, but what he has done and does do for them. And that young person, they find hope and comfort knowing 
that their God looks at them and calls them beloved, calls them worthy, and that it is His voice that matters and no one else's. And that couple that looks at their dying, their aging parents, finds hope that there will be a day because of Jesus' life, His death, and His resurrection where they will see them face to face and they will see Jesus again face to face. And so as Paul says, every one of God's promises finds their yes in Jesus so that then you and I can give glory and praise to God. So come, let us worship our newborn king. Come, let us worship the one who does away with all of our fears, with all of our hopes, because they are all found in him. Amen? Amen. Merry Christmas.